Good morning. My name is Linnea Gibbs, and this morning our scripture reading is from the book of Philippians. Please go ahead and follow along in your Bible or use the screens on either side. I will be reading Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 through 30, and chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, from the New American Standard Bible. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, and that too from God. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here to be in me. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. The word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Peter. I am one of the pastors here. I want to welcome you to church this morning. Happy Father's Day. How many fathers in the room? All right. Uh, Mother's Day is the third largest attended Sunday on a given year. Uh, First is Easter, second is Christmas. And I I didn't think Father's Day made the list, but good to see uh, uh, many of you here. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, a trait that I have found to be more prevalent in men. And I know I risk alienating some, uh, some guys, not every guy is the same, uh, but I think that our society has made it harder to talk about traits and roles and differences and uh, maybe have more uh, uh, binary understanding of male and female. I'll tell you a story. This week, I went to a father's only Father's Day donut event at my first grader's classroom. So nine in the morning, all little kids filled, the classroom was filled with little kids and dads all sitting on little tiny stools. And one other adult who was standing, uh, the teacher, she was just walking around sort of making sure everybody had their donuts and juice. And guess how much conversation was in the room? Nobody was talking. It was just 45 minutes of awkwardness. If it was a Mother's Day event, would there be less talking or more talking? Would they have just donuts? There would have been like broccoli and just... Right? Veggies and dip and maybe some other things to balance out the donuts. But it, when my wife goes away and I'm home with the kids, it takes about an hour or two before I start degenerating. 
I don't know what happens, but my posture just starts changing. The refrigerator starts morphing and starts spitting out all the healthy foods. I don't know what happens, but uh, I have found that uh, there are differences between men and women, between moms and dads. That is not to say all the differences are the same or all the degrees of differences are the same, uh, but I can't deny the fact that uh, the classroom with my daughter uh, was a lot quieter than I imagined it would be on Mother's Day. And so uh, I want to offer a word of advice to the men and to the dads in this room today. Try to find uh, something that's relevant to you about it. I don't think it's uh, true for every single guy, but I think a lot of guys struggle with being emotionally connected. I think lots of men are brave and courageous, uh, sometimes more towards physical challenges, like staring down the barrel of a gun. They can face death, but they have a hard time looking into their own heart. They're easily emotionally avoidant. They're in denial about their feelings. They're disconnected from what's happening. Often men lack emotional self-awareness relatively more uh, than women do. And lots of times, uh, women may want to talk more than the men want to talk. Is this nonsense? Am I, am I just making stuff up? <laughs> Guys are just being really quiet, I guess. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, as part of my gift to you, dads and men in this room, I want to offer you two things. And I want to say to you, I want to overpromise a little and say, if you... Do these two things. If these two things can be descriptive of you, I think you're going to become irresistible. Irresistible. You're going to make those around you quite happy, and you're going to be happy. So we're in the middle of a series called Happy, so I want to help you do this. And I've been thinking long and hard about this, and I really think if you can nail these two things down, your life is going to get better, okay? Irresistible, and you're going to be happy, and you're going to make happy, okay? You know what those two things are? That you be a man of purpose, that you understand what you're supposed to be doing, and you take to the task of accomplishing your purpose on any given day. Don't worry so much about others around you or our culture, but do the thing you're supposed to do. Live your life according to your mission, according to your purpose, your values. Focus on that. Be intent on that. Accomplishing your purpose. That's number one. The second thing is, be about people. Understand that lots and lots of people around you are looking to you. They want to feel connected to you. They want to know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. They want you to check in with them. They want you to see them. You matter to them. Your opinion of them matters to them. How you're doing matters to them. 
Their sense of connectedness to you matters to them. If you're isolating yourself or cutting yourself off or in general being closed off, people around you are pretty unhappy. It's not because of the circumstances. It's because they feel disconnected from you. You are important to them. Even if they don't say it, even if they're not always making bids for connection with you, they want it and they need it. They're longing for it. And when they have it, it feels good. It feels right. They feel hopeful. They feel like things are going to be okay. Two very simple things. Be purposeful and be people-oriented. Now, I want to talk about these two things in a way that I think, I hope will be sticky for you. I'm going to call it non-anxious presence. So dads, fathers, husbands, men, if you can be a non-anxious presence, you're going to have a good time. Okay? What does non-anxious mean? Verse 27, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Guys, you're allowed to be someone. It's okay for you not to be something you are not. You don't have to be the same as everyone else. You're allowed to have values. You're allowed to have a vision for how you think you should live your life. There is such a thing as conduct, self-definition. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Along the same lines in verse 27 again, you are standing firm. You're allowed to draw lines. You're allowed to take stands. You're allowed to say yes. You're allowed to say no. It's okay for there to be a certain solidity, a hardness about you. It's okay for the world to experience who you are and who you're not. You don't have to be all soft about everything. You don't have to be absorbent and tolerant of everything. You're allowed to have thoughts. You're allowed to be an individual. You're allowed to stand firm. Verse 28, in no way alarmed by your opponents. There are personalities and values and a vision of life that's different than yours. And you, as a guy, you're allowed to look at the world and say, I don't need to live my life that way. That's not who I am. That's not who I'm supposed to be. That's not what I believe. That's not what I care about. There are forces out there that are opposing you, that are opponents of you. There are concepts and ideas and ideals and worldviews, habits that you don't have to agree with. You don't have to do 
everything that culture tells you to do. There are pressures out there. Pressures to work in such a manner. Pressures to play in a certain manner. The world tells you this is how you unwind, how you relax, how you have a good time. And you're allowed to say, no, that's not how I want to do it. That's not consistent with who I am, who, I, who I'm called to be. Please be different. Be differentiated. Be your own person. You're allowed to not react. You're allowed to step back, take time, think about something, and thoughtfully respond. You're allowed to negotiate with your world. Stand your ground. Don't be alarmed by your opponents. Verse 29, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. It's okay to suffer for what you believe. It's okay if people don't like you or agree with you. It's okay for you to say, I'm a follower of Christ. What about presence? There's all of that purpose and self-definition. What does present mean? Presence means in one spirit. It means that you're connected to those around you. Your heart community, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your relatives, your church family. People have access to you. You have access to them. Verse 27, with one mind. There's a kind of togetherness. Verse 27, striving together. You're not doing it alone. You're sharing. You're confessing. You're being together. Verse 2, being of the same mind. Verse 2, maintaining the same love. Verse 2, united in spirit. Verse 2, intent on one purpose. Men, fathers, husbands, God's calling you to be strong, to be somebody. And he's calling you to be connected to others around you. And that, my friends, is what I would call a non-anxious presence. A non-anxious presence means that you're not reactive to your environment. You're inert. You're defined from within. And you're simultaneously connected to others. You're not an anxious presence. You're not a non-anxious absence. You're a non-anxious presence. And what does that mean? Verse 2, Paul says, Make my joy complete. Perfection of joy from seeing people who are intent on one purpose together, people who are united in spirit. And I would suggest to you, men, there is some societal, biblical role you play 
in creating this kind of safe environment for those around you where you have purpose. You're clear about who you are and what you're supposed to do, what you care about, what you stand for. And you do that while remaining connected and all of a sudden you create sort of a safe force field for those around you. Now, uh, I don't like tooting my own horn, as you know. I really would rather tell stories that make me look horrible and uh, make my wife look great. But, but <laughs> I found the horn. I'll toot it a little. Um, I do think that this is one of the things that I, uh, best gifts I offer to my family. I really, really do. I had a good day uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I like to do it once a year or so, but I was very focused at work. I worked really hard. Uh, I, did, I did my best, you know? I, I felt good about my day's work, but I was going to cook dinner that night. I was going to make uh, the main dish, and uh, you know what I did? I checked in with Susie about it during the day. I asked her what ingredients we had in the house because otherwise I was going to go pick some up before I came home. Now, those of you who are married, (laughs) you know that that 30-second phone call won me a ton of points, right? Because I'm I'm being thoughtful about the day. I'm thinking about my family while I'm at work, and I'm prepping for it. Right? And I'm keeping her connected about it. And I'm involving her in the process. Right? I didn't intend all of that, but that was the effect that it had. (laughs) And the day before, the day before, it was a good week, I'm telling you. (laughs) The day before, I had been concerned about one of my kids and their struggle with falling asleep. And so I kind of did a little bit of research, and I landed on trying an eye mask, a sleeping mask. And I ordered it, and, and thank, thank the Lord for Amazon, it arrived the same day I was going to cook dinner. <laughs> and when I came home ready to cook dinner, guess what was waiting? The eye mask. Opened it up. The whole family was like, what the heck is this? This is a dad's love. That's what that is. It's a dad who was tracking with his family, who was thoughtful about the needs, the circumstances that had arisen in the family. And I had done it the day before, so when it arrived, it added to the energy of the day. Wow, dad cares. He's cooking. He checked in with his wife. He was thoughtful about his family, concerned about their needs, took action. There was a bias for action that was becoming evident there. Eye mask. It was awesome. And then, after we had dinner, guess what I did? Dishes. Dishes. (laughs) Not because I didn't cook, but even though I cooked. (laughs) Now, you get some points for cooking. You get some points for doing the dishes. But if you do it on the same meal, it's just like compound interest. It's crazy. Now, stupid small example, but what feeling does it create? 
And then, oh, I forgot, I, sh- I should mention, after dinner and after we put the kids down, I didn't go right downstairs to my world. You know what I did? I stuck around upstairs and I helped my wife close shop, wipe everything down, put everything away, clean up, sweep up, and all that. And then I said, hey, do you mind if I go to the garage now? And she said, of course. And I was tired. It was late, maybe 10 o'clock, 10.30. I went into the garage, and I rode for 45 minutes. And then I worked out on the rings. And I emerged from the garage all sweaty and and hot and glistening and (laughs) light reflecting off of me in just the right way. You'll never guess who couldn't keep their hands off me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a stupid day. It's a, it's a nothing day. I mean, for, the, for me, it's, a, it's every day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but here's what it conveys. Here's the feeling it creates. Here's a guy that's doing his thing. Has, has focus in life, is working hard, has values, is connected to his family, is thinking, cares, and at the end of it all, throws in self-care and emerges ready to rest and start it all over again. What feeling does that create? It creates a kind of force field. It creates confidence. It builds up the core of the people I love, and it strengthens my core about who I am and what I value. You don't have to do a lot to be happy as a dude. You don't have to, a lot of people around you, they're not asking for everything. You don't have to be everything that the world tells you you have to be. You figure out who you are and who you're not. And live consistently. Let the ones who care about you see that you're thinking and you're moving forward. You're not being cluttered or hindered, confused. And do it while you're staying connected to them. Don't leave them behind. Care about them. And if you do that, you're going to be irresistible. I experienced it myself a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) I can't wait to experience it again in 2017. Okay, application. Let me, let me dumb this down for the men in the room. <laughs> all right, all right. Number one, guys, learn how to ask questions. Men love to mansplain. Are you familiar with the term mansplaining? That's when men are answering questions nobody's asking. Men love to do this. They love to just start teaching, uninvited. I have found this to be mostly a male trait. Okay, there's a lot of neuroscience and uh, happiness science out there. And guess what you have to do if you want to be a person that cares about other people and is really conversant and knows how to talk? You have to ask lots and lots of questions. You know what the ratio is? About three to five to one. So you have to ask about three to five questions for every statement you're going to make.
You have to be curious. You have to be interested in other people. Don't worry about your subject matter expertise. Nobody else cares. Okay, you got to check in with people. You got to follow up with them. You have to actually care. You can track with them. You can dial down your ego needs. You're fine. Dial it down. It's not about you. Stop. Look and see other people. Listen. Ask questions. One simple way to start practicing this is ask seven questions of your loved ones every single day. You can count how are you. You can count things like what happened. You know, and start from there. Learn to ask questions. That's number one. Really simple, right? Two, give lots of love. Lots of love. There's some neuroscience about this too. Guess what the ratio of positive to constructive is when our dopamine levels are high enough and our cortisol levels are low enough. Cortisol is the stress level. Dopamine is the high stuff, good stuff. In order to get the brain to have the right balance of positive to, uh, uh, to right balance of dopamine and cortisol, you have to say three to five positive things to every one constructive thing you say. If you want to read some really great articles, just Google Gottman Institute. They have a ton of stuff about uh, positivity psychology. So if you're a guy and you have all this sort of uh, power in a sense because you're a guy and our society is patriarchal and they're, uh, they're looking to men for leadership and for affirmation and for validation, they really, really need this from you. It might be part of your call. It might be part of how God conveys some of this to the rest of the world, through the guys. I'm not trying to be chauvinistic. I'm not trying to say women don't play a role. It's, it's Father's Day. I just want to focus on this here for a sec. Say nice things. Smile. Touch them on the shoulder. Look them in the eyes. And God, the Gottman Institute would tell you to never go below three to one. That it starts, it starts creeping into the contempt category. That's what people feel. They feel it as contempt if you go below three to one. So at minimum, you have to do three positive to one constructive. Okay? So ask lots of questions. Give lots of love. And number three, lead yourself. One of the best gifts that you can give to the world is the gift of an energetic, attentive, caring self. And so you have to care for yourself. Self-care is never selfish. I was reading a little bit about some of the best um, ways to practice self-care. And uh, because of the way our modern life is structured, uh, basically, the, uh, some of the research is saying, statistically, the most successful time slots during the day to care for yourself are the bookends of the day. Do something for yourself in the morning and at night. Read something, pray something, lift something, pull something, run something. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. 
Do it in the bookends. Give the rest of the day to others. But the morning and the evening belongs to you. You do what you got to do to care for yourself. Do not stop defining yourself. Understanding. Confirming. Living out who you are. Figure that out and do that really diligently every single day. Practice self-leadership. Know what your values are. Know why you're here. Know who's looking to you. Stay on that day after day after day. And as you do that, I'm absolutely convinced you're going to be the happiest you've ever been. And you're going to make others happy around you. The joy in your life will be made complete. Let me close with these words uh, from our chapter today. If there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Can I ask you to bow your heads and pray with me? And if there is a dad or a, a, a guy sitting next to you, I want to ask you to put your hand on him and uh, bless him as we pray right now. Father, I do pray for all of the dads and the dudes in this room. I thank you um, that you care about us, you love us, and you want to help us to play the role that we are called to play here in this world. I pray that you would give us the courage to uh, not just do hard physical stuff or business stuff, but to be emotionally connected and be connected to those uh, who are looking to us, those whom we love, who love us. And I pray that we would um, have clarity in our minds about who we are and who we're not and be able to lead this world. Thank you for all uh, of your love for all of us, but especially uh, I know you have a heart uh, for, for guys and for dads. So help us to do what you want us to do. We entrust ourselves to you and ask for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.